Mississippi Golfer Podcast. From players to tournaments to courses and personalities, this is your home for everything in Mississippi golf. Hey everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Mississippi Golfer Podcast. My name is Paul. I'm here with my co-host Matt. How are you today? Doing good. We've got a, got a big week in golf this week, don't we? We do. we got the the U.S. Women's Am up at Old Waverly, and uh, it was kind of kind of fun to be able to catch up with with Wilkes Bryan this week to talk about talk about the course and the setup and those kind of things and everything it goes to setting up a a tournament, you know, to setting up a venue to get to host a tournament like that. I can't even can't even talk today, but I'm I'm excited to you know to dig into this interview, Matt. Any any opening thoughts before we to get right into the interview? Yeah, I mean, he's they've definitely put a lot of time and, and you know, months of work into getting ready for, you know, USGA event. You know, this is the third one they've hosted, and so we're definitely not as big a – I kind of see this as a made-for-TV. I think you're going to see a lot of TV coverage, and there'll be some spectators. You won't see the big grandstanding or anything like that, but uh, it'll be a lot of fun. He talked about kind of the process and kind of some of the history of the course and, and kind of what they did to get ready for this week. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Let's not uh let's not hold off anymore and we'll we'll get right into the interview and we'll we'll catch up after it's over. All right, we are joined today by Wilkes Bryan, the CEO of Old Waverly Golf Course. Wilkes, how are you today? Thank you. Good good to be be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. You guys have probably been a little little busy over the last bit of time getting ready for a little event, huh? Well, yes, it's been it's been a very busy summer, but uh, you know, so you have a you have day to day business going on with our members, and guests coming in, but we still have a lot of you know, we have a committee uh, that's been tirelessly working, you know, and meeting and talking about the logistics, and I mean because it's just so many moving parts to to go to to uh, you know putting something like this on, and, and so we have some experience with having the '99 U.S. Women's Open. And the 2006 U.S. Women's Amateur, so we, we're getting better. You know, we're getting better at it. <laughs> I can I can imagine. Um, we'll we'll dig we'll definitely dig more into the details of what it looks like and the history of the events at, at the course. But why don't we start with mm-hmm. um, you? Kind of, you know, tell us tell us about you. Tell us about your background and how you got to Old Waverly and and, and go from there. Well, I can remember. You know, my my grandfather. You know, loved God. My father. Uh, love golf, and it was my dad's dream, really, to build a to bring a course to this area. And originally, he wanted to do something, you know, in the mid '80s out on the river, you know, like the it's kind of like the trail concept that Alabama has. Mm-hmm. But uh, in, anyway, we ended up doing it here at Old Waverly, and uh, and uh, then uh, I went to Mississippi State, and then came came and started working out here, you know, and when I was in, in college there, I, I did everything, you know, from cutting the greens to syringing the greens, and if I showed up late, I had to uh, wait in a ditch, you know, and, and where all the snakes yeah. are. But, uh, so, I mean, I did a little bit of everything, and, um, and so I've been uh, running uh, a Waverly now for about, uh, you know, uh, 15 years, so uh, it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, you, you know, it's something that you can never, ever, ever like take a break on you and, and, you know you have to know when to to leave and you have to have good backup you have to have good people you have to have a pitch staff and 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 then you have to have people that can back each other up okay they can they can wear on you after a while but um just you know and then my father uh being that he started the 
the Sterley uh, Classic, which was a which was a long time LPGA event uh, in Nashville, and I think it was there that he got to know uh, Gene Bell and some of the USGA uh, people, and 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 that you know then he wanted them to. That's where he got the idea to bring the Women's U.S. Open here was when he was doing it from making all his acquaintance. You know the the twelve or fifteen year history of the of the Sierra League Classic. He got to know those people and, and as well the players. So so they all supported him. He came here at ninety nine. So that was uh, uh, really how he did that. And, and then we have developed a really good relationship with the USGA since then. So we did the we did the O six uh, US Women's Mid Am, and now we're you know here he is you know uh, um, what was that. About a little bit later, doing uh, doing yeah. the U.S. Women's Amateur. So, so we hope that we can, you know, uh, that's that we can stay in the USGA rotation about every, you know, every ten to, to fifteen years or something here. Yeah. How does that process work? I know you kind of doing it every ten or so years. But how, how far back did it go to kind of talking about? bringing this here and kind of getting on the rotation and the schedule of really making this happen. How long of a process is that with the USGA? Mm-hmm. In the beginning, it, it was, it was a process. I remember because we, we made a presentation uh, to the USGA. We all flew to, to the Biltmore in Colorado Springs in 1995. And we're, we're asking for the 99 US ones open. So mm-hmm. it took us, you know, we basically worked on that for about, for that whole tournament for about four years. So we had to we had to show the USDA, you know, the, the demographics of this area. So we weren't just talking Westmore. We were talking northeast Mississippi and the Golden Triangle. Absolutely, and the state yeah. of Mississippi and, and, and this region. And so, you know, we're we we are, are sometimes considered in the middle of nowhere, but we are kinda of in a crossroads if you consider that we're two hours from Birmingham, two hours from Jackson, two hours from Memphis or hour and 10 minutes from the University of Alabama, hours from the University of Mississippi, 15 minutes from you know, Mississippi State University. So, there, you know, it's, there's a lot of people traveling through, the, through this area. So we've always felt that that was, that was our niche is, is getting them to stop on the way to other places, you know. Right. But but um, it's it's definitely a process. And, and, it, and it gets a little bit easier because once you develop those relationships, you call them and, and, and uh, they tell you what, you know, and what they would like, they ask you, you know, if you can do, can you do the women's, you know, the, US, the 06 mid-end? It's not as, you know, and, and also, you know, let me say that the women's open is a very, they're all different size tournaments. Women, the women's open in 99 was definitely the biggest. We had 130,000 people come through here in a five-day period. So a little, little less than 135, 126. So, so uh, you know yeah. the U.S. the 06 Mid Am and the and then this right here the 2019 U.S. Women's Amateur they're not as big as you know as from a spectator standpoint. I mean there might there could probably be two or three thousand people out here over over the week, but it's on TV. It's on Fox Sports. Twenty hours of coverage on Fox Sports. So it's really a, a very very big honor for us to do this for the USGA. It's it's a, it's a tradition and it's an honorable thing for us to do. Yeah, I think it's great for the state and seeing y'all do that. And, I mean, one more question on that. What is the kind of the preparation? You talked about how different. Obviously, the U.S. Open 
is a huge deal. And this, you're right, it's more of probably not as many people will come through, but this is probably more of like a television event. I mean, there's so much more TV coverage yeah. now than what there was back then. What's the difference in how you set up the course for spectators versus making it look really good on TV? Right. Well, we don't have to have, you know, stands and, and uh, so, you know, we don't have to have, uh, you know, a lot of, a, a lot of, uh, we do, we, we do, we got 300 volunteers, we have, I mean, you, you feel like you're getting ready for a women's open, except you just don't have the merchandise tent, you know, we do have merchandise for sale in the pro shop, and there'll be some on the Mossy Oak uh, website that we're kind of putting on over there, because people ask, can we buy something, and, and we're in the process of yeah. redoing our website, so, uh, but, um, so it's a, it's definitely a, um, it, it feels the same in some ways, but at the same time, it's a, you know, it's, it's a little bit more laid back, but, but, uh, when it, when it gets, when these things come here, you know, they just go by so fast. It's like a blur, you know, and then when you get done with them, you're, you're happy that you did it, you know? Right. Yeah, no, no doubt. Well, what is, you know, what, what is a day? in your life look like for the last month? Like what, what's, what's a day in the life of, of Wilkes Bryan look like in this month leading up to the, to the championship? Well, having a, you know, having a committee, uh, you know, working on the, on the women's amateur, you know, Key Blair has been in charge of that and Rick Milburn. And then we have, you know, you know, 10 or 12 people on that committee there that, that are doing a lot of that work. So a day, a day in the life for me, if you will, would be making sure, that we're not breaking down internally, you know. I'm the, I'm I'm working with our people, I'm our, our chef, our marketing director, talking about how we can maximize our, you know, exposure from a marketing standpoint by having this. Um, yeah. Um, so it's you know, talking with our pro and the, the golf shop about our merchandise, what we have coming in. So just to, I think making sure that internally that we're ready and that we're smooth machine. You know when it gets here, and then I'm just kind of letting the committee uh, update me and on what's going on and staying out of their way. Sounds like sounds like that committee is is a blessing, and I'm sure they've put in countless hours to to make this this happen. Well, it, it is, and then we have 300 volunteers. So, and then you know, so you have to thank the volunteers, the committee. I, I would like to personally, and I know our family would, we have and our membership for allowing us to. To basically use this golf course for a couple of weeks because, but um, so that's it's a it's a a big undertaking. But we're uh, we have a good team and we're we're excited. As the as the course goes, if, have you have y'all done anything special in getting it ready for the event? Doing anything anything different? We've done a little, but this course is is is, uh, is you know this all you really got to do is polish it up a little bit. I mean, it's a really mm-hmm. we we've 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 uh you know we've grown the rough up. The rough is honestly it's a you know the USGA wanted to be a half shot penalty, and it's a I don't know man for me it's a full shot penalty when I get it in there. So, <laughs> but uh, so the rough we we narrowed some of our fairways up a little bit. The greens are going to be rolling about thirteen. And uh, what's what's uh. And then uh, the day after that tournament, when everybody leaves that Monday, we're going to let our we're going to let our members and guests come play it just the way they played it. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good experience for them. But as far as the course, we're just really just polishing everything up. And, and Brad Suggs and um, our superintendent and Zach Holloway, I mean, those guys are just 
man, they're working from sun up to sundown. Last night when I was coming home on my golf cart going home, he was on number five cutting the tee, and it was about eight o'clock. He was walking on the tee, so <laughs> I said that's dedication, you know. So. <laughs> Yeah, sure. So I know you talked about, you know, the course, I've played it many times. It is a great course, and it seems, mm-hmm. you know, like it's always in championship condition. What do you kind of hope? You talked about you know, you're doing a lot of marketing, and I know you just, I guess the goal is to kind of obviously bring more people to, to play and, and just bring exposure, I think, more to the state in that area as well, like you mentioned, because it is, you know, you do get the national attention to having an event like this, you know, in a place like Mississippi, which, you know, hasn't happened yeah. all that often. Well, I think it is great for it's great for this region, but it's also it's well, we I like to think that it's great for the, the state of Mississippi because you know Mississippi is a great golfing state. I mean, there are a lot of great golf courses in this state. You know, Absolutely. we have in in, the, in great golfing towns. You know, what I mean, from the Delta towns to down in Jackson and Hattiesburg and Laurel and you know, all across the state of Mississippi, you, you go and there's people that just love golf and there's good golfers. I mean, you go. You go, and uh, and so they come up here a lot and play, and I've gotten to know them over the years. And so Mississippi is just is a really, really great state for golf. And so, yeah, I mean, I think uh, getting people to to know that we're here from a, from a national standpoint is big. And, you know, we, we have built another golf course, you know, across the street. It's called Mossy Oak. And so in some ways we're, we're, we've turned into more of a destination but at the same time, you know, O'Waverly and Amosi Oak is public and O'Waverly is semi-private. So we have members in the, here that we uh, really rely on and they, they support us and we appreciate them. So, you know, getting more groups coming through here, but at the same time making it better for our members. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, you guys will do an incredible job of, represent Mississippi in this championship and, you know, and all of that. But kind of one last question I have is, you know, we talk about the impact, especially to the, to that Northeast region of the state. Um, what, what do you think that impact w- will be this year with the, with the championship coming? Well, I think from a monetary standpoint or just from. Yeah. I think I, a, mo- I, a monetary, I, if you have any idea. Yeah. I really don't. I don't, I don't, but I, I know that, you know, Reading, you know, when people come into this area, they they're amazed that this is even here. You know, and I think, uh, you know, the more that we can do to let them know that that this is here, and uh, you know, a lot of them don't really realize that you know they're only ten minutes away from Mississippi State or Starkville, and Columbus is is ten minutes away. You know, and there's a lot of good things that West Point has to offer. You know, so it's just a nice nice area. You know, a nice little area. So I mean, you hear a lot of good. You know, all the hotel rooms, you know, I know in Westport are booked for a week. So it's got to be, uh, you know, in the restaurants. I think Anthony's, you know, a lot of times people go to Anthony's in Westport. And, and that restaurant, I mean, is booked every night. You know, I mean, it's slammed every night you go up there. So for sure, I think it's a, a good thing for this area, for the, for the gas stations, for the, for the uh, you know, the restaurants and the hotels and so, and then a lot of people are staying in houses. I mean, that means they got to go buy groceries. They have to, you know. So, and then there's a lot of people here that live in Ohio with that are having, they have a player staying with them, you know. So, so uh, it's just so many different ways, I think, that it helps this area. Yeah, I think that's Some something people that... In this area, 
I think that's something people don't don't always realize the impact of, you know, how important these, you know, getting these big events to come in to to be in to be in that area. And just like you said, have the impact on all of the local businesses, not to mention all the players, not to mention the TV crews, not to mention the the spectators like it's a it's a lot of people coming in for uh, for this event. Yeah, it is. And, And I mean, we. I I understand that in this area there's some people that care less about golf or could care less that this tournament is here. But there's no denying that this is going to help this area, whether they realize that or not. So, you know, um, that's what we're 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 proud that we're doing, and uh, and we're just going to keep doing it. That's all we do is just keep doing it and keep keep going forward. You know. Most definitely. Well, we will definitely be doing everything that we can to uh, promote the event next week and and get eyeballs on Old Waverly and, and get folks watching on TV. And even we're gonna see what we can do to get to, get some folks up there to come and and just watch the event. I don't think people realize number one how good the the, the golf will be and how good those competitors are. So we appreciate everything that you guys have done to to bring this to Mississippi and and thanks so much for your for your time today. Well, thank you. I enjoyed it. And uh, be watching on Fox Sports. And if you get up this way, you know, the tickets are free. So anybody listening, tickets are free. But also, uh, it'll be on Fox Sports. So uh, we're excited about it. Thank you. Great. Thank you very much. Have a good one. You too. Well, I really enjoyed that that interview with Wilkes, Brian. It was great insight to hear from him and just what the – to get a course like Old Waverly ready for a USGA event and the, and the work that it takes, it's not just a, you know, an overnight process. I think that one of the things that to me that stood out the most in this interview was how long it actually took them to, to get that first event in 1999. It was a, a four or five year process. And that is, you know, that is a, a lot of work that goes in, you know, by a lot of people, trying to convince people of a lot of different things. So what, what, what stood out to you, Matt? What did you, what did you hear from Wilkes? Yeah, I think partly the same thing. I mean, going into the, having a USGA event for the first time in the state on a fairly new golf course at the time, I think it only, it, it opened in 1988. Um, you know, so really you're talking four or five years into being open. You're talking to the USGA about a national open, which is a huge deal. And obviously they've progressed to having a, uh, U.S. Women's Mid-Am and then now the U.S. Women's Amateur. So they've kept that process. And I think you said, you know, it kind of it got a little easier. That first one is definitely the hardest. And you really you're going after the biggest event running, too. So, um, you know, they've, they've done a great job at continuing that process and then making, you know, making Mississippi a destination for USGA championships, which is a big deal. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, they've done a great job up there at Old Waverly with with the facilities and adding Mossy Oak to the to the mix. I mean, obviously, they're not playing the tournaments there, but they have done a great job making it a destination and, and something that, you know, Wilkes hinted out a little bit. I could I could sense a little bit of his, his frustration and maybe some of the locals not quite understanding how big of a deal this is and, and bringing the people, you know, getting them there into, into West Point and the surrounding areas. Like I think it, it is a huge deal and a huge, you know, a huge boost for that. You know, he went into saying, you know, people, people buying gas, going to restaurants, all those things that you may not, you know, always recognize or are bringing good things to your area, but, but they definitely are. 
Yeah, I mean, West Point's a small town. Yeah, it, it's a neighbor of Stark, but, you know, West Point's a small town. And, you know, and you're being, and, you know, you got a lot of people from really all over the world coming to your town. And I can see that in small town Mississippi, not, not everybody's going to appreciate an event like this. They may see it more as an inconvenience. My restaurants are going to be busy. My roads are going to be busy. But looking at it from a national scale level, this is a huge deal. Um, and it's going to be really fun to watch this on TV and really see what that golf course looks like. You mentioned Mossy Oak. I mean, I've played it a couple times. And yeah, I would not be surprised if 10 years from now we have another USJ event of, or some other big event on the Mossy Oak golf course. Um, that course is uh, incredible and, and it would be very much a championship caliber golf course just like a Waverly is. Yeah, they've done a, again, they've done such a good job up there with with those courses and those facilities to make it a place that's, you know, that's going to attract top caliber events and players up there. So, well, let's get a little into the actual event this week, Matt. I know you're going to you're going to become our resident researcher. I already already got that feeling, but I know you dug into the you dug into the field a little bit. What um Tell us what you what you found out and then who who we have playing up at in uh, West Point this week. Yeah, I mean you've, we've got a uh, obviously any national event like this is going to be a strong field. We'll kind of start with the Mississippi ties. Really, the only local playing is Connor Beth Ball, uh, who's technically now a Starkville resident. He uh, played at Ole Miss, had an incredible uh, year in uh, for the Rebels. Um, playing in basically a hometown game for her. So and the only really in state. Player, so we definitely wish her well. And there is one Mississippi State commit, uh, Ashley Gilliam, who's from Tennessee, is an incoming freshman, and is the only Bulldog in the event. So we got one Rebel and one Bulldog playing. Um, so got a, got a little bit of local flavor in there. And then really, we've got a lot of talented players going to go and throw these names that you know names are not going to recognize probably. But uh, as your coverage, you're kind of following the scores. You may kind of keep up with that. We've got a lot of Valenzuela. Uh, Alicia Navalo and Lucy Liu, who you may have heard of, heard of her. She's, I think she's probably only 15 now. She's played in a couple of these events and um, finished fifth in the Canadian Women's Amateur last week. So she's coming in well, playing well. And all three, all three of those are in the top six in the Women's Amateur World ranking. Uh, Valenzuela plays for uh, Stanford. She finished run runner up in the 2017 U.S. Women's Am. Um, and played last week in the Evian and actually made the cut uh, at the Evian in France. Uh, so she's playing well. Um, Nabolo from Italy is the reigning Italian ladies stroke play champion. Uh, so she's had some success there. Um, another name, a couple names here. Um, Yuka Sasso from the Philippines was the medalist in the U.S. girls junior last week. She lost in the match play. She also finished uh, Augusta National Women's Am this year, so uh, some very talented players there. Um, Alexa Pano from uh, Lake Worth, Florida. If you've ever, if you've got a junior golfer, you may have seen the movie The Short Game. She's one of the stars of that that uh, movie, and it's just continued to play incredibly well. She is 15, um, and was runner-up at the event last year for the girls' junior, um, playing really well. This is the name you're going to see. Um, for a long time, I'm sure. Um, another name, Andrea Lee, who's a senior at Stanford. She's number two in the world and has won eight times at Stanford and contended last week in the Canadians Women's Am. And then one more name I'll throw out there is Corey Lopez. She uh, was going to start at Arkansas in 2020. She's still in high school and just 
and is from Mexico, and she's the reigning Mexico women's amateur champion. And she also won the Tokyo Junior World Cup in Japan, uh, and and she played in the U.S. Girls Duty Four. Um, and then there's one more name I'll throw out there: um, Gianna Clemente. She's from Ohio. She's 11 years old. She's the third youngest player to qualify for the U.S. Women's Amateur, behind Lucy Lee, who I just mentioned. She competed when she was 10 years old, which is ridiculous. <laughs> um, so it, it'll be interesting to see how Gianna, you know, since she's five foot one, a rising sixth grader, playing in this event, which will probably be you know, on the longer side for her. But you, know, you have a wide range of 11 year olds all the way through from all over the world. I mean, it's really a big a, a mix of players, uh, all very talented. That uh, will be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, that is a that is a crazy crazy field of a lot of super talented ladies. Um, and and I think what we're gonna kind of close out with today is if if you can get up there, if you can get to West Point, if you're anywhere around, um, it's free to go out there and watch these watch these ladies compete. It is it is something that is special to the state of Mississippi. Um, it is something that is special, especially to that, you know, part of the state. Um, go and go and support this. This is things that we want to be able to to have more of in our state and to cover more of in our state. But as Matt mentioned um, a bunch of times, not if you, if you're not in that area, can't get that way. We we get lucky this week. We have some really good opportunities to to watch this on TV. And I know I think Matt, you have those kind of some of that time and that coverage. What what do we have? Yeah, and you may have seen the other USGA events. Fox basically has a national contract with USGA to cover their national broadcast, and this obviously is one of those. So starting Wednesday from 3 to 6, and uh, Thursday and Friday it will be on Fox Sports 1, which is the cable channel, um, and also on Thursday and Friday from 11 to 1, the USGA will be live streaming on their website some early uh, action before the TV starts uh, at 3 o'clock. These are all central time. And on Saturday from 8.30 to 11.30, the semifinal match. And on Sunday from 1 to 4 will be the championship match. Uh, and that should cover the most of that afternoon round for the, the final match. So um, it will be a lot of fun to watch this course, which I'm sure is going to look incredible uh, on TV. Um, yeah, and I, it's just it's really cool to have this, and it would be great to see it on a national stage and, and – you know, bring some attention to Mississippi golf. Yeah, no doubt. Well, that is um, going to be a wrap for us today. Well, we're, you can find all this information if you go to msgolfer.net slash women's am msgolfer.net slash women's am. You'll be able to listen to this episode. You'll be able to find all the TV times. You'll be able to find We'll, we'll make sure to link up all the information from Old Waverly if you're going to be able to get up there this week to to see the event. But, you know, again, this is something that, that we'd love to encourage you all to, to go and, and be a part of or at least, you know, turn on the TV and, and watch watch one of the great courses in Mississippi that get, get featured on, on TV. It's not something we get to see every day. So something that's really fun. Matt, any any closing words before we, before we go today? Yeah, just looking forward to it. Wish our – Mississippi Tide players well, and, and, yeah, it's going to be fun to see who comes out on top. You know, probably a lot of names you may not recognize now, but a lot of names you may see playing professionally down the road. So this is kind of a lot of good college players and young players that have a, a 
you know, a long career ahead of them, I'm sure. So you kind of get to see them early in their career and uh, kind of see them before they make it big, probably. No doubt. Well, excited again to watch all this. And, Matt, we will we'll catch up soon. Yeah, sounds good. Look forward to watching it.